welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Welcome today to our gathering. I'm excited to be able to uh, talk today and minister today, be with you today, and us to be able to connect today. So many things going on, so many great and awesome opportunities going on. However, we want to be in prayer for this week. Of course, two days from now, uh, Tuesday will be the inauguration of the new president, and we want to keep the nation lifted up in prayer. Um, we want to keep um, social unrest. As we've heard, there are groups that are going to be in at least 33 states, and then others are going to be more concentrated in uh, Philadelphia and in Washington, D.C. in particular. I don't know why Philly, I guess because, you know, a lot of the nation's beginnings were here, if you will. And so, uh, and it's a nation of, it's a city of firsts. So we want to keep our city lifted up, our nation lifted up, and we want you to remain safe. Um, if, if, if you're getting this today, I, I, I want you to stock up on some water. I'm not, I'm not trying to act like you about to, you know, go to war, but I want you to have some imperishables available just because I don't know, we, we're in the midst of a pandemic, but there also could be a martial law shutdown. So I don't know. I, I'm, I have family and friends because you remember I'm from D.C., so I have a lot of family and friends that are in government and work in government. And so I've been getting some chatter from them just about some things that we as a church, we just people need to be prepared for. So I want to encourage you, um, go out today if you got a if you, BJ's or Sam's or whatever, you got a Costco, uh, grab you some water and some essentials and some non-perishables. Um, be safe. Um, do whatever you need to make sure that your home is fortified and safe. And that's, that's, that's as much as I'll say about that aspect of it. But my, my concern is for your safety and for us to be able to get through this in an amicable way. On another note, uh, before we dive in uh, to our time today, just know that every every kingdom of man becomes a Babylon. Every kingdom of man, um, every world power in history has become a Babylon and every last one of them God eventually judges. And so I want you to be, I want you to recognize that America can't get, uh, can't, can't f fulfill the extent of whatever wickedness of some of those that are in it without God coming and intervening as well. And so remember, there's been many to come before, you know, and a lot of people thought that they could, they could outsmart God. You had Pharaoh, you understand what I'm saying? You had, you, uh, you, you, you had Nebuchadnezzar, you had uh, um, the Persians, you had the Greeks, you had the Romans and so forth and so on. And let me tell you something, none of those, in, in the height of those nations, they, none of them would have never believed that their season of world conquest will come to an end. And I'm not saying America's conquering, but I want us to really have a bigger picture of like how things work in God's economy. Nobody's more powerful than him and it, they can do whatever insurrections they want, but th that's this is nothing new, y'all. Like what we're going through is nothing new to history. And so I want you to remember that there's a God who oversees and intervenes in history. Somebody should say amen. Well. Let's dive in today. We are uh, in our, uh, th this week we're actually going to be uh, um, um, uh, doing a Vision Sunday. 
which will be more compact than usual. And then next Sunday, I want you to be prepared for the fact that we're going to be doing a, a, a massive panel discussion on the issues that went on this week. So we don't know how it's going to turn out, but we're going to have an illustrious panel of our membership and leaders that are going to uh, be here next week, Lord say the same, the, uh, next Sunday, and be able to work through, talk through some of this. Amen? Um, let's, let's go to um, Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. It reads thusly. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I would like to talk to you in our time together today about five hopes for 2021. Five hopes for 2021. Let's go before the Lord. Lord God, we thank you. We honor you. Bless you. And we believe that there is a God in heaven who is not sitting idle, but is ever intervening on behalf of his people. And so, God, and, and ultimately your glory and your kingdom, Lord, I pray that you would uh, bring might and strength and power and even today hope into our spiritual lungs that we may breathe a future that's shining bright with the hope and power and might of Jesus Christ. Give us wisdom in how to interact with the world now. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, they're going to play a clip uh, from a movie, and once they play that clip, we'll be right back. I wish the ring had never come to me. I 
wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. Bilbo was meant to find the ring. In which case, you also were meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. So you see, I, I love that clip. <laughs> my um, youngest son, I mean my middle son, Nehemiah, wanted to watch Lord of the Rings. So he, he's, uh, we were watching that the other day. And you know, you watch a movie several times and you just get something else out of it. I can't believe how Gandalf was talking to Frodo. And how in that scene, you know, he lets him know. He says, these circumstances have befallen you and they've come upon you, but they've come by providence. And I don't know if you know, but J.I. Tolkien wrote that uh, a story and he definitely had redemptive themes in it. And one of the things that you see in the movie um, that George Lucas stole from him, well, he learned from him, um, which is nothing wrong with it. He learned a lot from J.I. Tolkien about world building. But one of the things that you see in the cinematic art of the movie is insurmountable odds met by overwhelming hope. Uh, insurmountable odds. I mean, things just like we can't win kind of thing. But then all of a sudden, this glimmer of hope somehow able to overcome overwhelming evil. You have to know that that's what our gospel is. You have to know that the fact that the overwhelming evil of the Roman Empire, the overwhelming evil of religious leadership, the overwhelming evil of our sin and the overwhelming evil of the adversary seemed too much. But when Jesus Christ came on earth, born of a virgin to a poor family, didn't seem like much hope in it, but, but packed in him was everything needed to transform everything. So in light of that reality, as we look at this verse, these verses, and I want to go into um, just some things that have happened, that are happening, that will happen. I want us to be filled with courage. I want us to be filled with strength in the midst of these evil days that we're in. He says, now may the God of hope. It's interesting because Paul, for me, is so famous for his prayers. When he uses the, the, the may in scripture, that may, may the Lord God, it, that those, those, those are an invocational blessing, yet an invocational prayer to God on behalf of what he's saying. And so this is a prayer that he wants for them, those who are actually in Rome. It's interesting. These are Roman Christians that he's talking to, a multi-ethnic clad of non-Jews uh, non and Jews who are in Rome that he's telling them under Roman rule, he says, I want to invoke prayer and blessing on you. All right. And then he goes and he says that the God of hope, I like that. The God who is characterized by hope. That means God's MO is to bring hope. Like hope. What is hope? Hope is divine expectation that transcends any season. It's beautiful. Divine expectation that transcends any season. That, that means that no matter what season you're in, you are able to have expectation that transcends 
the bad that you're in. You have to grab a hold of that reality and hope is one of the four the three pillars of the faith, faith, hope, and love. Of course, love is the greatest of the three, yet hope is a pillar that's sitting beside hope and faith as the ability for us to begin to have a picture of a preferred future that may be hard to see based on the now. Remember, you can't have faith without having hope. Let me say that again. You can't have faith, remember we taught on this, without having hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if faith is the substance of things hoped for, if you take away hope, there's no substance to hope for. <laughs> but faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, <clears throat> we have substance that we are believing God for that hope gives us a picture of as if it already exists now. But what faith does with the ingredient of all the ingredients that go into faith is to say this, it's beautiful. I have the expectation, I don't have it now. I can see it as if it's done, but I'm believing God that we're gonna get there. That's what we have to understand about the relationship between faith and hope. And so in this idea of him saying this, he says, may the God of hope fill or control you with joy and peace. This is amazing. And so the way the hope is gonna work is that God is gonna control your joy <laughs> and your peace. I like that. <laughs> now, one of the things you got to understand as a believer is you're not trying to get joy and you're not trying to get peace. You already have those two things because they're part of the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter five. The, 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 the thing is, is that when he says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you, there it is, Believe. Why? Because hope is an ingredient of belief. But in order to apply that belief, you have to have some joy. That's unending satisfaction with God no matter what. That's connected to hope. This is beautiful, right? And then you got peace, which is God restitching things back to his order. So and then you got believing, which is connected to faith and which is connected to hope. It says, why does he want all of this to happen? So that you may overflow with hope. So God, who is hope, fills you with joy and peace as you believe at the same time so that you may overflow with hope. In other words, so that your hope may never run out. <laughs> How many of you have your hope run out over 2020? You, you ever had some hopeless moments? Some, 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 where you say, I don't, I, I'm done. You, you ever come to, you, you, have you been so burnt out that you've come to the end of yourself? Well, usually, God, this is what I love about God. This is what I love about being a believer is that even when we are overextended, God never is. And when we're overextended and God isn't, he extends stuff to us. And one of the things that he extends to us, family of God, is he extends to us the ability to access hope as a, as a constant nurturer of our ability to move on and to keep going and uh, uh, um, uh, uh, um, everything. One of the things I love about kids is they, they're very, very hopeful. Kids are hopeful. You, you, that's why, you know, you, like if you go into Disney World next week, don't tell your kids until you're on the plane. Or till you get there. Why? Why, why, why can't you tell them? Because you, if you tell your kids a week before, we're going to Disney World, 
Is it, th is it next week yet? Five minutes later. My daddy, is it next week yet? I can't wait. I want to go to go. I want. And so uh, the, you, they will nag you. Why? Because they're excited. They have an expectation unmet. And so they're ready to push towards it. We may need to learn something from that. Learn something from, from the eagerness of kids to get to what was promised to them. Oh, God, help me today. We need to be able to do that, family. And so what are we eager for as a church? I have five hopes. I have five things that I'm hoping for for the church. First thing, first hope is hope number one is stability in the faith. Stability in the faith. I won't go through all of these verses specifically, but at First Thessalonians chapter three, we read it um, during a call recently. First Thessalonians three one through ten, Paul persistently talks about sending Timothy back to Thessalonica to check on their faith. And remember, I had y'all underline that epiphany. And so, with that in mind, and with working through that. Um, what, there's, there's some ways in which this year I want us, we are working on and helping to work on your stability in the faith. Um, before we get to, you know, I can talk all about the future vision stuff. But one of the things I'm concerned about is how you've been doing. Um, we've been, uh, you know, not seeing each other. I'm, I'm worried about you, you know. I'm, I'm worried about um, how you're spiritually standing. I've seen... To be honest, I've had some ruffles with some of the flock who have become unstable in their faith and who have wrestled with their faith and have not been well in relation to how they have uh, interacted with other believers and even leadership. And what, what happens and stuff in a, in, a, in a gap period like that is you start creating worlds in your mind. One of the things is, is, is really like, how do you have conflict and we ain't seeing each other? And so that's how I know that there's a spiritual stability issue there. It's, it's impossible to have conflict. We ain't even been around each other. It'll be a year in March. And so, and so one of the things that I want to, um, one of the things that I, I want us to do is, and, and I want those of you who, because some of you are doing decent, and some of you are coming in and out of stability issues. You know, one minute you're good. You know, because some sometimes these pandemic days, one day you on a high like no other. Then the next day, matter of fact, the evening of that same day, you got a depression sitting on you, heavier than an elephant on a turtle on a turtle shell. And you're trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I'm not. Please hear me. I'm not downing clinical depression, need for medicine. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, but what I am talking about is just the ups and downs of life and being in the house and not having enough sunlight on your skin and not, no community and just going to work and just, you know, that whole thing. So stability. So what do we want to do to help with that? We're taking the entire church through my resource Unleashed. So we're going to be going through that resource to talk about sanctification, how it works, how does spiritual growth work and how do I attach to the means to help me to grow spiritually, even in times like this. And so I want to see you. We want to see you unleashed. And so one of those things that we're doing this year to help you to get stabilized is to is to is to go through that so that we can understand the practice of what it means. Listen, to grow in a healthy in a healthy way. Next thing under this that I want us to look into and I want us to work on is take we want to go the entire church to go through again. This is the third time. But of course, a lot of y'all are new. Go through emotionally healthy spirituality. All of this stuff we'll be getting details for 
because we want uh, get details for how you get a hold of it, how the schedule is going to work, all of that. Um, but we can work on how we are to process through the. We want to work uh, through how we process through this pandemic. Also, how we work on healthy self care in these times. You got to learn how to work on healthy self care and not unhealthy functional saviors. We have to be able to do that. Christ is our savior and he calls us to care for ourselves in a way that helps us to be healthy for his glory. All right. And so <clears throat> first six months of this year, we're going to have 12 weeks of uh, unleashed from from February to the summer break, fall, come back, emotionally healthy spirituality. Thanks, Dr. Sarita, for setting all of that up. And everyone is working on that to get us set up for that. Next, hope number two. Find ways to remain vitally connected. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, talks about the fact that we shouldn't forsake gathering together. And somebody said, well, how do you, how do you apply that now? Well, we have a virtual means where we're trying to get together. And we're trying not to forsake that reality. But what we want to do is we want to do several things. Number one, we want to develop sturdy regathering plan. And so <clears throat> what you're going to see us doing is beginning to work through and begin laying out a sturdy regathering plan. What is it going to look like for us to come back? Uh, was this going to be a raffle system? And, you know, we can get as many people in here with social distancing at a particular point this year. We're trying to work on a plan for that. So that's number one. Number two, we're going to develop, we're going to have more online classes, Bible studies, all different types of things where there are online classes, but some of that already exists and you all need to take advantage of it. A lot of you who are wrestling through things and wrestling through challenges, I know you're tired of Zoom because of work, but I want you to press in when it comes to the church so that you can connect. Work Zoom is different than spiritual life zone. Okay. So I want you to treat it that way. All right. Not only that, online check-ins through various ministries. And so um, various ministry leaders are going to be doing online check-ins with people in your ministries and everything. I know Life Group naturally connects that way. Um, but then also I'm going to do check-ins like I did a few weeks ago um, with you all. And we need all y'all on there. You know, we're trying to check on y'all. Huh? We, we, we're trying to check on also... Um, uh, you know, I, I checked on first responders just because I was concerned about you all, our police, our fire, our firefighters, fi our medical workers, all of those who are <clears throat> our first responders and teachers. Uh, you know, we sent you guys something because we 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 appreciate you and that type of thing. And we want to make sure that you're good. We want to make sure that if there are ways that we can come alongside of you. So that's hope. Part of hope number two. Uh, social distancing gatherings where possible. We're going to be working through how can humanity, how can salt, how can other gathering ministries like that have a healthy social distancing, if you will, so that um, you can come together, be safe. Uh, we, we, we have people in the church that we consult for restrictions and that type of thing who are, who are medical personnel who that's what they do and can give us consultation on what that would look like to make sure everyone's safe and yet we can enjoy the time together to fulfill a level of community that we've been missing for quite some time. <clears throat> Not only that, um, encouraging all to take advantage of connecting opportunities. Take advantage of it. Don't allow cynicalism and apathy to get in the way of your ability to enjoy your church. 
to enjoy your God and enjoy one another. That's why our, one of our core values is community. We want, we're going to figure it out, you know, even in this time, right? So we want to be able to make the most of these things as we apply them and get together and just build, continue to build relationships and build community so that all of us can be healthy people of God. I hope y'all are hearing me today. Next, hope number three. We're moving through these five hopes. It's not going to be long today. Hope number three. We minister to our community in safe ways. The Bible says in First Chronicles 12, 32, that the sons of Issachar were men who knew the times of what Israel ought to do. Yadah Benach is the Hebrew idiom there. Yadah Benach. It means to know and to understand. Those two together are a potent mixture of their understanding of God's word and understanding of what's going on in the world. <clears throat> so what we want to do is we want to minister to our community in very, very safe ways. So these are some of the things, some exciting things that are going on. You know, we uh, investment in surge, doing safe evangelism. We want to invest in our evangelism in the community. One of the things that I was telling our surge leader, JC, is that I want us to uh, surge to kind of represent a, um, the incarnational presence of Epiphany Fellowship while we're out. And so uh, while we're not gathering, they don't see us coming in. And I know the different ones of y'all live in the community. But I want to make sure that we have that. And then we want to come around, Surge. We'll be talking about that in a bit. We're going to do blitzes. We're going to be doing some creative giveaways. So um, I'm letting Surge come up with that. We're going to do some creative giveaways for people in our community just to remain connected in our community, right? Some creative giveaways. Now we go to city investment, um, city investment. Um, we are going to be starting starting small tech classes so that all of that uh, coding and different things that we've talked about, we're going to start that on a small level here at the building. Even if it's just five kids, 10 kids in our community that we're that we're training, we want to start small. We don't want to despise the data, small things. We don't want to say when we get this, all of this and this, all of this built out, then we're going to nah. let's do that now. So let's let's we're going to be working on that now. Also, um, we, we're, we're working on right now, the team is working on class space for kids of working families, particularly single single moms in the community who are unable to educate their kids or be there. Uh, to kind of monitor them. It's, it's like I forgot the number one of our teachers, several of our teachers from Philadelphia School District told us how many kids have just been missing since the pandemic started, haven't even been on Zoom. They've tried to contact them, tried to contact the family. And so what we want to do is we want to be a place where several parts of our building in small number, social distancing, and we want to pay staff, for, pay people for it to be able to work them uh, we want to invest in that where we're able to serve and to help uh, during the pandemic. Those families who have who maybe they work at Walmart or they work somewhere where they can't like have their kid at work or be home and work from home. Everybody's on a white collar worker where they can work from home. And so we want to be able to serve in whatever way we can a, 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 a number of people and families who are in the need of those things. Right. So um, for, uh, another powerful thing just came up that we are actually doing that's starting next Wednesday and next Friday. Next Wednesday and next Friday, our gym will be used. So we have now an official partnership with the 22nd police precinct, met with the captain and several other officers who have a boxing uh, deal that they're doing. They, they do boxing. So 
you know, boxing, boxing, boxing. So they train kids in boxing. And so they got a couple of kids that are amateur ready already. They usually have 60, but because of restrictions, they can only have 20. So we're, we're letting the police bring kids in here, all African-American police officers, right? Um, bring kids into our gym for free on Wednesdays and Fridays. We're not going to charge them anything from four to seven. And they are going to be training kids from our neighborhood in a rotation of about 60 kids over time uh, in boxing. And we want to come alongside of them. I asked the captain, I said, do y'all have a boxing ring? And he says, no, it costs 5,500. Uh, it costs 5,500 for the boxing ring. But um, what did he say? It costs 5,500. But they only have, I think, 3,500 or 3,000. So I figured that Epiphany, we'd give the rest. So let's go ahead and there's going to be a tab on outside of your normal giving. I want you to give, uh, I want us to give 3,000 plus. The reason why I want to give 3,000 plus is I want them to get the ring. But, uh, but several of the kids that are, that are going to be coming to this, um, they, they, um, they, 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 don't, they don't get dinner. So I want us to be able to provide a meal for them on those nights so that when they're finished and they're working out and, and they're burning calories, you know, the first thing you're going to be is hungry. We want to make sure we have a meal for them uh, that, that we've purchased and had, you know, safely brought here and, and, and the kids to be able to eat. Um, and so uh, we need your help with it, family. And we're going to we're going to support this moving forward as long as the partnership will work. Um, and even some of the police officers said they want to come to Epiphany Fellowship, check the ministry out. But yeah, so I'm excited about that opportunity to be able to uh, connect with them. You should be clapping already. You should be excited. This is a huge, 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 huge deal. We've been praying for this type of partnership with our community um, for a while. And this is going to be something that helps us as a church um, be able to fight the injustice as it relates to police relationship with the community. And I'm praying that it builds now because of the way police brutality is viewed in Philadelphia even now. So I'm excited about that. You should be too. Um, last, uh, lastly, in this section, they have increased. So we're still in the process of trying to purchase the building that we're trying to purchase. They, because of the pandemic, say that property values has gone up. So they have increased the, co the cost of the building from 750,000 to 1.2 million. So uh, I met with two of my two of my mentors, beast mentors. I, I'm not going to name drop, but great men. And they both pretty much encouraged us to continue to move forward with it, um, with some other things that we'll have. We'll talk about in our family meeting next month in February. <clears throat> we'll talk about it, uh, what our plan is and what we want to do and what our plan A and plan B with this will be. Uh, we've been through a lot with this and so wanted to update you on that. But yeah, they've increased the price. And there are other two other groups that are trying to get the facility too. It's, it'll be a it'll be a bid between not just money but also usage and community support of those things. And so, uh, and our ability to make it viable for the community of which we will already do. <clears throat> However, I want you to be in prayer about that and figuring out this half a million dollars. But God's got. I'm for me. I'm not even really worried about it. God is such an amazing God and is a provider. Half a million dollars is 
almost like zero dollars to him. So for me, um, he's got us and we are going to be where we're supposed to be in order to do the vision that God has called us to do. So um, that I'm not worried about at all. I, I, I'm, I'm really invigorated by the hand of God on our church. And so my prayer is, is that you would be too, that you don't get scared, but that we say, God, let's, we, we ready for the opportunity. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let, let, that's, that's how I feel. I'm lit about it. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's go take the challenge. Um, because listen, family, God, one of the things that I want you to understand that I'm committed to being here. Um, and I'm committed. Philly is a hard place to do ministry. I don't know if you know that. Where we are in Philly is very difficult. Every odd is against us. You're trying to do right, but all kinds of stuff can impede it. And so one of the things I want us to do is Philly's a good, uh, 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 you know, is known as the place where you come to get educated, you get your first job, then you leave, you know. Um, but I am, I, I'm, to be honest, and I understand people, you know, want to run to the South, I understand. I'm going to the land, I'm going to Florida, I'm going to Texas, whatever. But that's fine. I, I, but, but somebody has to stay here and do this work. And, and, and we run up against all kinds of obstacles. And one of the things I was talking to one of my staff with the other day, is we were talking about the difficulties of different mantles that God places on you. And one of the things that I remember that Paul constantly would say is Paul constantly says, for the grace given to me. What does that mean? The grace given to you is powerful. The grace given to you just means there's a grace that God gives when he calls you to do something to be able to put up with abnormal stuff in order to get kingdom work done. Lord, have mercy. And so I believe there's a grace given to Epiphany Fellowship to remain and to get this work done. And so let's, sometimes it feels weird, but I'm like, let's, let's, let's work to get this done <laughs> by God's grace. And we got a God that's behind us, in front of us, and in us, and over us that's taking care of us. Hope number four. Hope number four. A prophetic voice in these dark times. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, 8, 9, speak for those who have no voice. Talks about the poor, us speaking up for the poor, having no voice. I'm going to turn there so I can quote it just the way uh, Bathsheba said it to King Lemuel, a.k.a. Uh, my man Solomon. And the way she said it to him is beautiful in what she said. Um, Proverbs 31, 8, and 9. She says to her son, King Lemuel, a.k.a. Solomon, here we go. Uh, Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are uh, 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 dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. <clears throat> One of the things I want us to do is we need to be a prophetic voice in these dark times. So several things. We're going to be continuing to speak truth to power. I lost 400 followers on Twitter because of speaking in, in like two days because of speaking truth to power. So, you know, what's that? Like losing followers. Like Jesus lost some people in John 6 who didn't want to walk with him no more because he said, unless you eat my, eat my bread, eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And so, so, so what's, what's a follower, you know, you know what I'm saying? So we got to speak truth to power, utilizing our media presence to promote justice. We gotta do that. We're going to be doing some 
some small uh, video series that we're going to be including many of you in so that we can begin working through that reality. <clears throat> Interv uh, 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 not only that, interviewing people from our community about what they need and want. We'll always do that. And lastly, lives on all social media and even Clubhouse. So y'all, my millennials done pulled me in the Clubhouse. Pastor, you need to go in the Clubhouse. And Katrina got a, had to invite me to Clubhouse. And now they sending me text messages, even former members that's other places. Some of Pastor, jump on this Clubhouse, texting me or inboxing me, telling me, jump on this Clubhouse and all of that, you know. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how God does it. But we're going to definitely start some Clubhouse rooms talking about very, very hot topics that the church needs to engage. All right, last but not least, hope number five. Keep believing God for a big vision. <clears throat> this is where the slides transition a little bit, fellas. And so remember, we have on this, on this slide vision, ministry investment. That's what we are now. Blitz's Connection City Investment. We're on investment now. <clears throat> so in light of that, we're still working. It's still our vision. To, to build or buy a bigger gym and, and beast out our basketball league, even though we'll still have one here. We're still after this facility. Amen. We're not messing around. We still are going to do Epiphany Christian Academy. We are going to do that. We're going to do that. This is our long-term vision. We are still going to open a grocery store. We're going to still dream, y'all. We're going to still hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and hope in believing. See? <laughs> grocery store in this food desert. Not only that, our business shared space. We're going to have a business shared space where we help people to do business startup, career path development, all that stuff. We're going to have it here. Uh, uh, these are going to be income generating ministries. The school is going to be income generating. The grocery store is going to be income generating. And the business uh, center is going to be income generating. And then also our tech center will be income generating. And we'll be getting grants and stuff for all of this. But we're going to be doing this. And some of this we're going to start off small. Even if we got to start our grocery store as a corner store. I don't care. We're going to start somewhere. <laughs> and last but not least, we're going to start a his and her beauty supply store specifically for African-Americans in this community. You will be able to come there and buy everything from beard balm to hair weave stuff. And so we ain't mad at none of it. We're going we're gonna to service it all and we're going to invest this resources back into what we're doing so that what we're doing is income generating, income generating. So it goes back into it and we're able to keep it going. I'm excited. I'm excited. So we're still on the track to a lot of different things. Things look different now, but we have to remain faithful to what God has called us to do. And through all of this, guess what? We're preaching the gospel. We're sharing the faith. We're engaging the loss. All of that in the midst of all of this. And our prayer is I want you to keep all of this. I want you to watch this a couple of times this week. I want you to rewatch this a couple of times this week and pray through it. Take notes about what you should be praying for, what's going to be going on. But don't forget it includes your soul as well. Because remember, the first hope is that you would be stable in the faith, that you would be stable in the faith, that you would be stable in the faith. That's the prayer. That's what we're working on. Because what's a vision without stable people? God bless you. Take care. I can't wait to see what God will do this year uh, in his work. Although a year uh, is nothing in God's economy as it meaning something new will happen. God doesn't need a year or a season or a birthday to bring change in your life. God bless you. Take care. Grace and Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, 
particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.